Welcome to the Orange Crest Community Church Podcast. Our hope is that this weekly podcast provides both encouragement and challenge as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. It's Father's Day. Welcome, hey everyone, and happy Father's Day, dads. For you dads, your role simply can't be overstated. I mean, the impact that, uh, that dads have is, is phenomenal. I, I love that even... Yeah, Father's Day is a nationally celebrated holiday. Like it's it's awesome that it's on the calendar, uh, even internationally. Uh, this holiday is celebrated, and I think that's because people can't help but acknowledge the fact that dads play a huge role in their kids' lives and families, and really even societies. When dads are engaged and involved, it's a huge deal. I recently had a great conversation with my dad. He came out to visit. He lives in Florida, but he came out to visit me and and, and my family. We went to the zoo. Uh, on one of the days he was here, and we had a long drive, and so he sat in the front next to me, and we got some time to talk and to chat, like so un- uninterrupted time, like I haven't had in a while. And, you know, I took the opportunity just to ask him some advice about big decision I was making and hear about uh, his input and his experiences, and I, I loved it. I love hearing about him younger years or, or his work experience and things that he learned over decades and decades of life. I mean, he's, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't, I don't ask input from him more often. He clearly knows a thing or two more than me. He's been around and has learned a lot. Uh, you may have a good relationship with your dad or not so good relationship with him. Uh, or for those of you who have lost a dad in recent years, a day like today could be pretty tough. Uh, and so Father's Day may bring up a variety of emotions for people. Um, some dads are more or less present and involved. But whatever your relationship is with your dad, I know for sure that we have a heavenly father that that we can have access to, a creator who lives in heaven and is present with us and loves to talk with us and spend time with us. And we're going to learn a little bit more about that today. Uh, I'm Bruce, and if we haven't had the chance to meet, I'd love to meet you after service. And our senior pastor, Josh Delarosa, and his wife are out celebrating their 20th anniversary in Italy on a great trip. We're excited for them. And then even when he gets back, Josh will be on a speaking break for the next few weeks. Our staff and key leaders will be preaching, which will really allows him to, to get a break from his routine and really do some critical strategic thinking about uh, leading our church over the next year. This morning, we're in our second message in, in this series called Sustained, asking the big question, what sustains us in life? Sustainability is a big topic, even of economic concern. Uh, fossil fuels are used pretty widely, you know, oil, coal, and gas. But fossil fuels take ages to replenish, and so there's a big concern. Are we, are we going to run out when we get to the bottom of those? And so sustainable resources are a, a big concern, and they're being used more and more. Southern California, the big resource we have here all the time is the sun. And so solar power is, is in. It's becoming more prevalent, more affordable in different ways. Wind is, is known as a sustainable resource. You can see big windmills when you're driving out on the 10. And then even timber. Uh, when I was up in Washington last summer, I saw just big lumber yards, and they, they figure out a way how to, to cut those down, but then replace them and regrow, and they have this whole strategy. And so even that is considered a sustainable resource. And really what this means, this idea, is that um, for any of these resources, here's the definition. There's an endless amount of it. These resources provide energy without there being a decrease in supply. We're likely not to run out. And so how much energy 
And let me ask you this question. How much energy do you have inside of you right now? <laughs> so it's the morning, and you know, maybe you maybe had your coffee or your donut. But just imagine, what if your energy supply was constantly replenished like these, uh, never diminishing? What if you could just hook a solar panel onto your back and that just kind of give you power for the day and stand out in the sun? The reality is we all get drained by life. We get depleted. You know, sometimes it's on, on a day. Sometimes there's a season of time where this happens, where we get overwhelmed. We get discouraged and worn down. We need something to keep us going. And coffee, it does all right. But there's, we need something more even than coffee. I, I want to make it all the way through my lifetime and, and do well through, through the pressures and the challenges and the stress and the difficulty and the loss. And I, I want to make it well even on into eternity and have the fruit of my life blossoming and going on uh, in eternity. What does it take to really sustain a good life over a lifetime? Would you believe it if I told you that God has indeed given us sustainable resources, you know, constantly replenishing, never diminishing. For, for followers of Jesus Christ, God has given us a set of resources that we can tap into. Last week, we looked at one of these, and that was the Word of God, or the Bible. God sustains us as we steadily consume His Word. So that's one. And today, I'd like to propose another resource that's available to all of us, and that's prayer. God sustains us as we pray in the Spirit. Now, prayer, uh, this is something that is practiced in a variety of ways around the world. Different religions do this in, in different ways, and prayer is done with different purposes in mind. For Christians, prayer carries a lot of weight in the Bible. Uh, you may have some, may, maybe you have a lot of experience praying. Maybe you have none at all, or, or you're somewhere in between. You don't even have to be a committed follower of Jesus to try it out. In fact, sometimes a person's first step towards God is attempting to talk to him in prayer. And so if you're new to God, if you're new to walking with God, or if you're wanting to learn more about what that is and what that means, today you're going to be, you'll hear about a tension that many others have faced. Prayer truly is powerful and dynamic. It's, a, it's an amazing resource. But I don't know if we always see it that way. And I think for many, at different points, we see prayer more as a burden even for me, when I was first starting out, and I wanted to get the hang of this thing, without realizing it, I viewed prayer more as a burden or a duty, something I had to do. And I, I thought, you know, I don't, I don't pray enough. I, I had guilt for a long time. I just, I'm not praying long enough. Um, and and there's, there's too many things to pray for. I just get overwhelmed already with all the things in my life and people's life. And, and how, how could I possibly pray for everything that I'm supposed to be praying for? And I don't even know what to pray and I had all these thoughts just tumbling around in my mind as I was trying to get a grip on this. Uh, and if you've ever had any of these thoughts as well, it's no wonder that prayer sometimes feels like a chore or a burden. But of all of those thoughts, I think there's even uh, there's one thought that's even more immobilizing than that. And if you've ever tried to develop consistency in prayer, there's a thought I'm pretty sure you've had. I, I, bet, I, can, I bet I can guess this has crossed your mind. And, and it's the thought that, Prayer doesn't really do anything. It's crept into my mind that prayer is sort of pointless. You know, yeah, maybe I pray something, but nothing really happens. I don't hear anything back. This creeping thought was captured really well by the author C.S. Lewis. He was a brilliant man. Uh, he was a professor at Cambridge and then Oxford. He became a Christian at age 30. 
he wrote this really interesting book called The Screwtape Letters, and he's describing an interaction between an experienced demon <laughs> who advises a junior demon in the art of tempting and derailing a Christian. They call him his patient. And uh, it's a really interesting book, but he uses it, you know, so this senior demon, he says, don't forget to use the, the heads I win, tails you lose argument. Basically, we, we win either way. It says, if the thing that your Christian man prays for doesn't happen, that's just one more proof that prayer doesn't work. But if it does happen, he prays and this thing does happen, he'll be able to see some of the circumstances that led up to it, and therefore, it would have happened anyway. So answered prayer becomes just as good as proof as a denied one that prayer is ineffective. This thought describes one of the ways I think our enemy works to discourage us from praying. And if you've ever had this line of reasoning cross your mind, it just knocks the wind out of, you, out of your prayer life. You're just like, why, why even pray? And the Bible, interestingly, seems to, to give direct input on this very idea. The Bible says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Is that true? I mean, can you verify that? How does your experience square up with this, this idea that we find in the Bible? A few years ago, uh, my role here involved planning large events, and there was one real big event that I was pretty unprepared for. is the, the Fall Festival, and we promoted it to the city. We had hundreds and hundreds of people come, lots of a line of food trucks. I was responsible for managing many volunteers, and it was a big stretch outside my ability. At the same time, I was also being stretched in other areas of life. I was uh, getting the hang of raising two little kids. I was in an intense uh, seminary training program. And I had a big just blocks of pressure weighing down on my shoulders, and my prayer life at the time was pretty feeble. Uh, I would just see obstacles, just problems with my planning or, or in family life, or things not going right, and deadlines were just galloping towards me, and I, I could just, I, see, I saw the problems, and, and so my energy was grinding real low. Uh, I felt like I was getting squeezed by all these pressures. I would, at the time, I probably would have said crushed uh, to a breaking point. And so at one, at one point, I was feeling the weight of all this in my office, and I just pushed away from my desk. I went outside, and I took a walk, and I said, I just prayed. I just said, God, I can't do this. I don't know what to do. I just, you know, maybe there's some people that can handle this, but I, can't, I don't even know what to do, and I can't find a way to get out of it. <laughs> God, I need you to come through for me in some way. It helped a little. And I went back to work and, and did what I could. Next day, I was feeling the same way, so I did it again. I went outside and I prayed. And I did that a bunch of times. And, and really, it was out of desperation that I started turning more to God. I mean, I was like, where else could I even go anyway? Uh, I started, well, here's what happened. I, I was transferring my sense of self-reliance for, for myself to God. And I started seeing results over a few weeks as that event got closer and other things in my life were happening. God was answering very specific prayers I had for event deadlines. And, and, and more importantly than that, I was overcoming this sense of defeat that I had. And I felt closer to God in a way that I hadn't felt close before. And I later read a quote from a, a leadership book that helped me label what happened, make sense out of that period. And, and here's what the quote said. God causes challenges that make a leader realize he must pray in order to have an effective ministry. And so it makes me wrestle with this question, how much challenge is God going to have to heap on me before I finally turn to him? <laughs> uh, this was 
of time in my life, it was a big turning point for me. And it's really when I realized that prayer is a release, not a burden. Prayer so much more is a release, not a burden. For me, praying to God became a joyful privilege to enter. And I thought, when I'm turning to the one who I know will sustain me, I eagerly turn and ask for his help. I love going, you know, this actually set a new habit for me in my life. I just had such a good experience praying with God in the middle of the day that I just have developed a habit from that. And I have a little reminder on my phone just to go for a walk in the middle of the day just to break it up. And, and some days I, I don't do it every single day. And uh, sometimes I'm feeling busy or I'm in the middle of a project. But I'll go outside. I'll just stop what I'm doing. I'll take a deep breath. Start talking to God. I'll look at the trees and the mountains. And I, I draw close to him. And I, and I think, have I ever once regretted this? Just taking 10 to 15 minutes out of my day to refocus. To refocus on the one who is sovereignly in control of every detail of my life anyway. Prayer, I think, ought to lighten us, not weigh us down. I think something's off if prayer feels like a burdensome chore. And I think God allows us to go through pressures in life, like I experienced, or, or isolating periods of life in order to drive us to him. In fact, isolation is something you may experience at different points. Here's a definition in this context. Uh, when, a pers- when a life gets disrupted, so when life gets re- disrupted and a person is separated from their normal, their normal schedule, their normal routine, or their normal set of relationships, one example of this would be really bad sickness, where a person is maybe in the hospital or on bed, and they, and they can't get up, and they, they can't, uh, do the things they used to do. The, all the normal like routine and the comfort and stability is stripped away. And, you know, maybe people are helping and stuff, but really they're feeling isolated from the norm. Or, or isolation comes when you have a conflict with somebody that you were close to. Or, or a group of people. Maybe you're feeling isolated from a group of people. Or there's pressure at work. Or I think maybe stay-at-home moms probably feel this sense of isolation when they're, they're in the trenches for a period of years, uh, really focused on training their kids. And it can be isolating. More extreme examples of this would be during wartime. Uh, I've read numerous biographies on, on Christian missionaries who are stuck in, in POW camps, separated from the norm, and the only thing they have is God. And so we may walk through times when, when the normal things get stripped away and we're left with this sense of isolation. I think it's in these times that God calls us to a deeper experience with him, a closeness that we haven't experienced. The truth is, we all live with a driving, deep need for God, to, to know him, to connect with him. And sometimes we acknowledge it, sometimes we ignore it, but there's this aching void hardwired inside of all of us. And we can keep ignoring it as long as things are running smoothly. But for me, God just allowed that pressure in my life just to disrupt <laughs> and get my attention and draw me to him. Perhaps you are in a position of difficulty right now. Maybe you're feeling some extreme pressure. In life, or you have a sense of isolation, is it possible that God wants to draw you closer to him right now? And, and whenever God does this, the pressure is there, the isolation, uh, God allows that or creates that not because he's mean, uh, not because he enjoys seeing us squirm under the weight of all the pressure. It's because God really loves us. It's the same reason that God sent his only son to die a brutal death on the cross, to pay for our sins. When, when Jesus died on the cross, uh, we suddenly got in a, a way to have all of our sin and wrongdoing and all the stuff that we, we just mess up life 
uh, that separates us from God, we now have clean, free, direct access to God. We trust him. Jesus did that. And so someone who turns to God in prayer is someone basically who's ready to admit, I'm weak. And I, I don't even like, you know, I don't like saying that. You don't like saying that. I mean, why would you pray to God if you've got everything covered? But the truth is when, when we operate, when I'm operating from my own um, instincts, what makes sense to me and my desires, it's self-destructive. It's not good. Within myself, I just don't have what it takes. Uh, and, and this is very different from the streams of cur- uh, current thought in our, in our culture today. No one wants to admit weakness. Nobody wants to admit that. We want to be more like Thor. If, you, if you've seen any of the Marvel movies, superhero movies, Thor, man, he's a big, strong, buff guy. He's a super, he's a god, you know. And in one of the movies, he was in, you know, he's at the end of the movie, looks like the evil villain is about to win. She's got him pinned down in a position of submission. And he has this vision. It's kind of like a prayer, actually. He has this vision of his, his father, who's kind of like God, in a way. And uh, he says, she's too strong. I, I'm weak. And so he actually admits weakness for a second. But this godlike father, resp- father responds to him, and he says, um, you know, Thor says, I'm not as strong as you. And his dad says, you're stronger. <laughs> and then he looks inside himself. He gets real strong, and then he just bursts through with all this power, and he knocks the enemy away, and all the, everyone just dies. And... Uh, <laughs> It's a lot of fun to watch. You know, it's just you're in there, you're like, yes, he did it. He just looked inside of himself somehow and found something. And uh, that's, you know, it's funny, but it's kind of what we think and what we want. I just want to be a God. I want to have the power. I need to tap inside of that, that mystical power within me and just look inside yourself. That's what our culture says. You've, got, you've already have what you, what you need inside yourself. But my friend, the deeper I look inside myself, the blacker it gets. There's dark stuff in there, and I don't have what it takes. How long must we be followed by a trial of pain and problems until we admit, I don't have this thing covered. My way doesn't work. I'm not a god, and I'm just not in control of what happens to me or my kids or or, or this society or anything. We can turn to God. Let him rule and govern our lives, which is very difficult to do with so much uh, submission and surrender required in that. We can accept Jesus and place ourselves under his control, and God will sustain us, give us what we need, especially as we consume his word and pray in his spirit. And here's some of the ways that he does that. One of the ways is that prayer helps us endure. The Bible puts it this way, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and by praying in the spirit, Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait. And this word wait really means hope. As you hope for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life, which is such a good, amazing, hopeful thing that we have. And in this verse, you see a connection between us getting built up, us praying, and then us hoping for eternal life, something that's just far better and more amazing than the the things that we're surrounded by now. Even though there's good things now, there's so much better waiting. When we call on God, we can start getting built up. We stop following those desires and those instincts that are really, you know, we sabotage ourselves with. And when we pray like this, we start developing an eye to eternity. Prayer raises our sights to the one who owns the timeline of my life. We develop a resilient endurance. Difficulty will still wash over us. Hopelessness will still just plunge us at different times. 
uh, and problem and, and this really painful loss will still come. That's just part of life. But we'll push through knowing that God is the one who ultimately keeps us from falling. That's one thing. Prayer also sustains us because prayer gets us in sync with God. Jesus routinely got himself in sync with God, his Father. And the Bible shows us his pattern. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, so this is pretty early. I don't know what time you wake up. And even now in the summer, it's like you know darker even earlier in the morning. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, he had left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. If Jesus needed this time to pray, boy, I sure do. <laughs> I am nowhere near Jesus. And, and this time with God really helped Jesus. And Jesus even explained it later. He said, I tell you the truth. This, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself. Wow. He, he, can't, he can't go off and find, he can't do this on his own. He, he does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. In this verse, you see oneness in communication and action. For Jesus, there's no independent thought or words or whatever he says, the steps he takes. There's no independence there. There's total submission and oneness with God. Jesus was perfectly in sync. This is actually a really good example of what it means to pray in the Spirit. And there's this, this idea of praying in the Spirit. Instead of praying randomly or, or just whatever makes sense to me in the moment, we pray with a heart to line up as closely with Jesus as possible. In fact, this is one of God's big overarching goals for our lives. It's for us to become more and more and more like Jesus. A few months ago, my, my schedule got real busy. My family, our, our calendar got real busy. Um, at work, there's lots of programs and activities and in family life. We had hangouts and, and events and parties and lots of really good stuff. It was a spring was just full and busy and full of a lot of good stuff. But my wife and I were struggling to keep up with the need for communication and the busyness. There was a real challenge, and we both knew uh, we need to be talking. We need to be on the same page about our schedule. Sometimes stuff gets on the calendar, and we don't realize it until the day of, and that doesn't go super well. And, or we need to be on the same page about how we're spending money, like there's bills coming up or there's things I want. Um, and by the way, how are you doing? H- how are the kids doing? Uh, we talk about that. You know, if we're not communicating, it's busy, we're not talking, things are getting missed. I start being real inconsiderate. I do things independent of her without talking to her about it. Uh, you know, and the goodwill, when this happens, goodwill starts wearing down. You know, we've, there's a lot of goodwill in my marriage, but failing to communicate starts wearing that down. We start getting easily chapped by each other. You know, at times that we wouldn't normally get offended, we just start getting easily offended. Uh, Nathan Lewis, one of my mentors, said something that has stuck with me for a long time. He says, in marriage, you've got to plan times for different kinds of communication or the important stuff will never get discussed. And this was hard for me to hear that and even to figure out how to prioritize that because when it's busy, honestly, I'm tired. I, I want to do the bare minimum. I, you know, I, I just, or I'm focused on work. I'm feeling stressed about that. I don't want to plan this time. But sometimes talking takes a long time. And I, don't, I didn't want to put in the work to plan and to communicate. But things really didn't improve until I, I pulled in and I made that a priority. And I think in a similar way, uh, when we fail to communicate regularly with God, we just get out of sync, start doing things independent of him and his will for us. Here's one more benefit of prayer. Prayer brings delight to God. It says, the Lord, bring, the, the Lord delights in the prayers of the upright. This, to me, is very motivating. 
I love knowing this. I love knowing that when I come to God with a genuine heart, it makes him really happy. Another verse says, uh, the Lord is near to us whenever we pray to him. He draws near. And I just think, the creator of the entire universe, just unlimited, unfathomable power, knowledge, and ability, gets joy from me when I talk to him. And if it's anything like the joy that I get from my kids when they just run and jump into my lap and they talk with me or we play or we wrestle, I love that. I love that so much. How much more does God get joy from us as his children? None of these benefits that we just listed are reflective of a burden. Prayer is a relief. It's not a burden. Prayer is not a guilt-driven requirement that Christians have to endure. Prayer is joyfully relating with God, communicating with him and listening to him. Have you noticed a lot of stores are starting to offer pickup services? Uh, Walmart's got a good one. They've got this new feature called grocery pickup. And we use this a lot. The way this works is my wife will get on her phone at home in the app and then punch all the groceries that she wants, submits the order, and then just some, I don't even know who, but someone in the store just, you know, scurries through the store. They get all the stuff. They pile in a cart. So I drive to the store and I park in a parking space. I don't have to push any buttons or do anything. They just know when I'm there. As soon as I get there, someone comes out of the building with a cart full of my stuff, puts it in my trunk, and I drive away. It's great. It's like the man's dream for shopping. Like, this is, this is, happy Father's Day. Okay, the tip for all you guys. There you go. This is good stuff. And I've, I le- this works really well for grocery shopping. Uh, although, on the downside, I, I've spent a lot of time operating with this mindset when it comes to prayer. Like, I pray to God in the morning. I just punch in my order of all the things I want God to, to do for me or to provide for me. He's supposed to go shopping in the heavenly realms and, and then just dump all my blessings at me at my designated time. And then I just drive off in the day without talking to him again. This approach to prayer doesn't work all that great. And I think, number one, it's because Jesus doesn't work for me. You know, he's not my boss. Uh, or I'm not his boss. He is my boss. Uh, the other reason is that for us to be sustained in life, to, to actually really, truly leverage this life-giving resource, I need so much more than just to get stuff. God wants a deep, close friendship with us. And think about any close relationship you have right now. With, you know, if you're married or with your kids, if you've got a root, your roommates or, or just a close friend. If people are thinking only about what they can get out of the relationship, yeah, that's, that is a burden. That's a grind. That's not that fun. But when we spend unrushed time with people, we just share in conversation and we open up personally. There's a depth and really a joy that can be experienced in relationship. So it helps us when, when we think about relating to God and talking with him, it helps to consider the different kinds of prayer. Uh, there's an acronym I've used for many years. It's been a help for me in just structuring my thinking. Uh, it's the acronym ACTS. The letter A stands for adoration. That just means telling God how amazing he is, praising God for who he is. Talking about, how, God, you're so powerful. You've created this amazing planet, this city, the, these trees that I'm in, or just, you know, you're so powerful, you, you're so good to us. This is a very humbling way to start off in praying, and the book of Psalms is a great place to start to get ideas and language about how to do this. You might even dive into that for a while to get some ideas. C stands for confession. Uh, confession means just owning up to my wrongdoing. You know, when I, when I sin or I do wrong or I just offend someone close to me or if I just am harsh with my kids or if I really assert myself in a prideful way and I just make a mess of things. Uh, this is saying, God, I, that was wrong. I am 
I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Things often come to my mind when I'm reading the Bible or praying where I'm like, oh, that was wrong. <laughs> I need to own up to that. Sometimes nothing comes to mind right away, so I pray and I ask God, please let me know, where did, where did I get off track here? Where have I sinned or done wrong? And this can be somewhat of a discussion for us in confession. And then Thanksgiving uh, is you know, simply thanking God for what he's done. Uh, and all, all you have to do is just look at the people in your life. Look at what he's done. What, look at what he's brought you through. All the, even the material blessings that he's given us. Uh, you know, it's pretty customary to pray for meals before you eat uh, for some people. I love that because I know at least three times a day, I'm simply going to acknowledge God for the pr- provision. You know, this is just, re- food represents just, it's an example of the many ways that he provides for us. And we acknowledge and thank him for that. And then S is supplication, which is kind of a big old word. You probably don't say that we're going to have some supplication tonight. But we, you just, this, this word, basically, it's, it's S and it fits with the acronym. <laughs> it means asking for things, asking God for things. And there's, we have so many needs, a lot of things that we want, and a lot of people around us need a lot. And it can be overwhelming. Uh, don't let it overwhelm you, and, and don't feel guilty about being brief. There's a few different ideas and ways, that, um, different ways I've done this over the years. I've, at times I've used a journal, or on one page of the journal I, I write out a, a prayer request. On the other side, I write out the answer when God comes through and gives an answer of some way. Some people have done a, a day of the week calendar where, like, on Monday you pray for family, on Tuesday you pray for church, on Wednesday it's work, or, or something like that, to kind of think in categories of things that we can ask God for his help for. Uh, even PrayBuzz is a, PrayBuzz.com is a website and app that, Man in our network is used to help connect people and, and for us to be in, in, uh, able to pray for each other and see when God comes through. That lie that prayer doesn't do anything is focused primarily on this last category of when we're asking for things. Personally, I have seen God answer prayer over and over. Every week, God is answering prayer in my life or my family. You know, it could be simple things like finding parking spaces or finding lost keys in our house. Uh, to more complex things like the money needed to pay for a hospital bill or, or when we get healed from a sickness or, or the wisdom that I've needed to make a life-altering decision about where to work or where to live. Uh, God has answered so many prayers for us. This ACTS acronym, um, these are just different kinds of prayers, different ways. You know, this is geared really towards a more complete relationship with God. The, the Bible describes it this way. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Uh, praying for protection for ourselves and for others is another big category you find in Scripture. It's an important kind of prayer. This, this idea, this acronym, can be done at a consistent time each day. You can pray through those letters or just pray through different pieces of that acronym at different times in the day while you're driving or while you're walking. Pray out loud. If you're feeling guilt and burden uh, in prayer, let that be a flag in your mind. I need to change it up. I need to break the structure and remember this is a, this is a conversation with a living being. By consistently talking with God, we can get synced up with him each day, in line with his will for our lives. I'd like to invite the worship team to return to the stage, and the ushers will receive our tithes and offerings in a moment. There's some next steps at the bottom of your listening guide, and uh, one of them is, you know, maybe... You're going to come in. I'm going to start viewing prayer as an ongoing conversation with God throughout the day. Or maybe you want to carve out consistent time to pray, uh, maybe so many times per week for so many weeks. Or 
maybe it would be helpful is with another person for mutual encouragement, I'm going to set a prayer goal. Last week I showed a video of Billy Graham, who is a real renowned preacher and evangelist in the U.S., actually around the world over the last century. Uh, and I wanted you to hear another short clip from his video to hear what he says about prayer. Now again, this is a man who lived a full, intense life, and he made it well to age 99. It's significant to hear from him because he was well sustained by God's resources. So the video is first uh, of him in his home more recently, and then you hear a sound clip from him when he was a younger preacher. So check this out. Then the third thing, go to your knees and pray until you and God have become intimate friends. I cannot describe to you the joy and the peace that he gives to you as a result of that daily routine that you have in prayer. Is there a lack of power in your life? Perhaps you have neglected the preparation of your life. We've neglected prayer. We've neglected God's word and the feeding of our own souls. Whatever it is, confess it, forsake it, repent of it, and then walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and gain victory over it. And may God today lift our vision and may the power of the gospel break upon our world with fresh force as we are obedient to Christ's call to repent and believe the gospel. In that video, Billy Graham uses uh, some different, you know, churchy terms and language, but his, the reason it's helpful is that his time and closeness with God sustained him through life. And he says, I cannot describe to you the joy and the peace I have of walking with the Lord in this way. And I believe him because I feel the same way. I, I think the, the closeness that I have with God through, through prayer, just walking and relating with him, I wish I, I, wish I could articulate just that, that deep abiding sense of peace and, and just wellness. Uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if it can be described without experiencing it. Uh, in an interview not long ago, uh, when Billy Graham re- reflected on his life, one big regret, I think one big thing he would do differently, he said, I wish I would have prayed more. And I'm thinking, here's a spiritual giant uh, known as America's pastor. I mean, he, he was called on by every U.S. president since Harry Truman in the 40s. Uh, well, well known, a faithful man who wished he would have spent more time telling Jesus how much he loved him. And I think that's because there's really no saturation limit on prayer. You can't ever fully be tanked up, tanked up, topped off. Uh, you can just keep diving more and more into this. And, and prayer is one of those resources that God has made available to us. And we, we can tap into his endless supply of power to be sustained through life. The more we sync up with God, we get greater clarity and hope and direction for life. Maybe you've never really done this before. Maybe you've never really talked with God. Or maybe you're interested in connecting with God for the first time or finding out what that really looks like. Sometimes the best way to sort that out is just a conversation uh, with somebody. You could, you could stop by and talk to us on your way out or write us a note on your connection card. We can follow up with you. We would love to be your help in this way. One big question that usually comes up in this topic of prayer is, how do I hear from God? Prayer is talking to God, right? What, what if I don't hear anything back? And it's true that God can speak audibly, has done that, but it's very rare. 
God also speaks through people, but the big, primary, huge way that God speaks to us is through the Bible. It is, after all, the words of God. He speaks to us, especially as we not read it just once or twice, but steadily, daily, chunk by chunk, piece by piece, consume his word. That's why we talked about last week. So you have Bible and prayer. Imagine the power and the help that you could get for a daily life if you combine these two resources. So often we just try to just push through life, just gut it out and, and make it through without these things or, or just using them minimally. And we just don't have the juice. I don't, I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it's in me. Things are crumbling and falling apart. I can't get a grip. My wheels are spinning. A good, satisfying life that endures through the difficulties that we face can only be sustained by living in the resources that God gives us. And in so doing, cultivating a deep connection and interchange between us and God. Next week, we're going to talk about one more resource that, that God has made available to us. I'd encourage you to come back and bring somebody with you. To close the day, I'd like to lead us in prayer. Father, what a joy it is to know that we have instant, immediate access to you through prayer. I thank you, Lord, for being a God who is close and personal, and you take delight in us. You're, you are such a good Father. Thank you for providing us with access to yourself through the sacrifice of Jesus. And thank you for providing us with the spiritual resources to make it through life, not limping along, but, but with indescribable peace and abundance. God, would you please draw our hearts close to you now? Would you help us build a habit of prayer, which is real difficult, but would you help us along? Please help us to experience the joy of walking closely with you in each moment of the day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you've been encouraged by the message and equipped to move forward in obedience to God's word. Join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast.